everybody. Uh, it's great to be back with you, and thanks for joining us on the PE Huddle, sponsored by Gopher. I'm your host, Bob Pangrazy, and the PE Huddle, as you know, uh, discuss and offers advice about issues and concerns related to physical education, health, and teaching. Just to let you know, Gopher sponsors the PE Huddle, and I'm appreciative of them, and they strive to be teacher-friendly. Gopher has a long history of offering products that support and promote PE. They have just released a new website that features all their technical support materials. In, I'm sorry, not technical support. I've been on computers too long. Teacher support materials in one place. You can access past huddles, webinars, virtual training sessions, and more at PD, which stands for professional development. So one more time, PD gophersport.com and you can view new articles and podcast episodes each week at gophersport.com slash blog. Professional development certificates are available for you at the end of this webcast and if you listen to the recorded version you will be able to e you will be emailed a certificate in a few days. You can also go to the PD website I mentioned above to download a personalized certificate. All right, moving on. One of the things I hear on a regular basis from teachers is that they're, they're very concerned and worried about the risk of catching COVID, rightfully so. You're in a, a high risk area and we all accept that. Uh, students are often asymptomatic carriers and teachers have little knowledge of who may share the virus. Some parents will hide the fact that their children have been infected because they so badly want them back in school. Administrators want schools in session to help maintain enrollment and bolster financial concerns. This leaves teachers feeling vulnerable and is sometimes not cared for because they are not sure which students are COVID carriers. These factors and more lead to high stress situations and teachers wonder what can I do to mediate this anxiety I feel and try to enhance their own health and emotional stability? Well, that's where Dr. Joe comes in. I sought out a health and physical educator who has worked in an educational setting for 40 plus years, Dr. Joanne Owens Nosler. She has taught at all levels and was the state director for comprehensive health and physical education at the Nebraska Department of Education. She's, a past, she's one of us. She's a past president of Shape America, which was once called AFERD, and has delivered more than 2,000 keynotes. With all her experiences, Joe never forgets. Her presentations are about you, and it's not about her and her accomplishments. And with that, Joe, welcome to this week's huddle. Thanks. I'm honored and humbled to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you. and. Uh, just, just give me a little background about you and just, just give me a little snippet of Dr. Joe, if you would. Born and raised a Wyoming woman. Uh, my undergraduate and graduate degrees are from Nebraska institutions. Um, so I currently live and ranch in Lincoln, Nebraska, have a place also in Wyoming. I'm a full-time cowgirl now, um, especially since COVID. I, my last speaking engagement was July. So I'm, I'm a runner. Uh, I love to run long distance. And uh, 
So that's what I do for my physical activity in addition to managing the ranch, 60 head of calf, cattle. I have a cow calf operation and uh, getting others to run and volunteering, just trying to make a difference in the world every day. Yeah, and I think that's a fair statement. Um, even though you said it about yourself, I'll say it about you. You do care about others and you care deeply and, and you go out of your way for that. And uh, you don't have much to do with your life. You can tell you're out there wrestling cattle and calves and everything else. Nah, good, good on you. Uh, you know, we're working with another set of very busy people and that's teachers. And these people right now are up to their ears and I'm out and around listening to teachers and and talking to school districts across the country and trying to help them through this. Um, you know, give me a word, uh, give me a word or two on how you feel about COVID, Joe. Uh, I wonder if we lost her. Um, no, yeah, okay. Can I'm you, here. Can you hear me now, Joe? Yes. Okay. Uh, give me a, a few words on COVID and how you feel about these teachers and, and the risk of COVID. I understand their concern. Um, many of you remember that um, my late husband, I married a man with nine children and there are um, six grandchildren in that family that are in the teaching world. So I understand the, the concern. My take is that I don't live in fear, I live with caution. So outside of the ranch or when I'm encountering someone else, I assume that everybody could be a carrier, including myself. So you will see me masked. You will see me socially distancing. You'll, if I need to have the human contact, I do the elbow. But most of the time I try to talk with my eyes and I say things like, there is a huge smile for you behind this mask. So look at these eyes. So I, I just treat every day, I'm not going to live in fear, but I'm going to be ultra cautious, Dr. Bob. And, you know, it's interesting because my, uh, my motto also is be vigilant, but don't be fearful. You can't live fearfully. It's just not a way to live. So you and I haven't talked about that, but we certainly agree on that. Now, to my audience out there, Dr. Joe's uh, connection is, is, is just a bit iffy and it, it comes and goes. I, I don't know if she's out there on the farm too far. Um, that we we can't pick up that internet. So if she breaks up, um, I'll I'll give it just a few seconds, and we may have to turn to getting her on the telephone or doing something else um, if if it doesn't work because we're having a bit of a problem with that. Um, so having said that, Joe. Um, what motivated you to share all your drive and efforts to help others become what you often refer to as being your best you? My concern is that we kind of live in a stinking thinking world that for the most part, the positive stuff doesn't get out there much on a daily basis. And I think we have a tendency for our brain to go, I use the example, you're sitting in the plane, it doesn't go on time. Your thoughts, I'm betting that for most of us, it's not great. Two competent pilots up there, they're worried about my safety. I think probably for the most of us, it's like, oh my gosh, 
Am I going to make my connection? Are we really going to go? Is there something wrong here? So what motivates me is number one, it helps me stay positive to try to be the way. And number two, uh, I'd like to see a happier camper world. I, I really would like to try to lift us up. I understand that there's stuff out there, but I also think that, that optimism can, can play a huge role. Yeah, you know, I said to a, a district I was talking to the other day, I said, you know, I, I feel terrible for you and I feel terrible for me and I feel terrible for everybody. COVID has changed our, our way of life and, and I have great empathy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a people person. That's why I went into education. But I can't sit here and talk to you and say, well, you know what? Times are just tough. Let's all sit down and just cry and give up and quit and cry in our milk. And we, we just, you know, we just can't do that. And, and uh, you know, we all have to be, if we've never really checked our resolution, it's going to get checked now. And in fact, this stretch going from right now to the end of year is going to be a tough one for all you teachers. This is the hardest stretch as far as I'm concerned, even though you've got those breaks in there, you got all those times kids start looking forward instead of listening to you. So we need uh, we need a few words from you, Joe, on you know teachers' emotional well-being and why do you think that you know teachers' emotional well-being what what's so important about them being active and and staying uh, on the move and, and strong? Well, other than um, kids' families, I believe that the the world of education and educators are the one of the role models that to enter into anyone's life. So my deal is they're teaching kids how to cope with this. Um, my friend Ann says being comfortable with uncomfortable. And so how we portray ourselves every day, if we're busy, happy, good, I think it can be less stressful for, for those kids. So it's the psychological effect that they are doing some of the most important work on the continent for children, families, community, in addition to their own stuff. So I think it's the, the psychological effect and depending on how cray cray it can get in their day, I'm a, I want them to know that they've made a difference every day. And so that's the psychological factor. I want it to improve their immune system. Eh, the more positive we are, even in all of this, um, pretty research that says we stand a better chance of coping with stuff if we look at, you know, you walk into the room, there's a pile of horse poop over in the po in the corner. Don't be trashing the custodial team. Say, wow, there must be a pony around here somewhere. So psychologically, immune system, and um, overall increase your longevity. Y you will retire from this profession. I want you to have 30 to 35 years to go do what you've always wanted to do when you had the time and the resources and your health. Yeah, that's good. You know, you said uh, becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. I use that as a perspective for me because that's uh, actually, I think that was a motto started by the Navy SEALs. And that's that's their mm -hmm. motto. 
I can't imagine anybody tougher and having to really get after it than Navy SEALs. During the kind of training I've seen, um, I, I know I could never measure up to something like that. It, it, at least it doesn't seem possible. And so, um, you know, that's a wonderful thing to think about. And that always gives me a perspective. Maybe I just have to teach a little harder. I don't have to go through all the muck and mud that they go through and all the sleepless nights and everything while they're being trained. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good perspective, Joe. Uh, and, you know, I agree with your, your thoughts on that. And so let's walk through uh, some things one by one that I know you spend a lot of time thinking and talking about uh, for psychological health. And that is, let's talk about outlets and solitude. Well, one of the things that, that I, I do, I try to do every morning, I get up and I say two things to look in, in addition to looking in the mirror, saying you sexy thing, don't you ever die. Um, I try to think about um, who will need me today and what will I do that makes a difference today? So now all of a sudden I'm out of myself, but into a role that will be about me, but it's for the betterment instead of like, wham, wham, wham. So um, after I think about that, then I can take, for, for me, it works to take five minutes and I do some positive readings or just sit and count my blessings. So that business of solitude and if I can get folks, I understand maybe it's only three minutes that you can take, but just take it down and kind of through your nose, out through your mouth. And my mama loved the song, count your many blessings, count them one by one. And I try to play that in my head kind of thing. Um, and then my second point, Dr. Bob, is an active listening buddy. And I call it my dumpster buddy. You, you have been on the dumpster end of that. We've had a couple of conversations. And so in addition to the attitude, time out, uh, then have somebody, maybe you don't even need them to offer anything. Just boom, you get to vent. Don't. It's not going to be on Facebook. You don't have, the phone is off kind of thing. Just a really good confidant that will let you dump your stuff. And then you're better. Um, I always am. I needed to, the old saying, get it off my chest. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and you're going to hear me say it again at the end of this session, but it's okay not to be okay sometimes. And sometimes when you don't feel okay, you get down on yourself and you think there's something wrong with you and nobody else in the world is like you. I got news for you. Everybody else in the world is just like you. We are not unique. We all have all the human qualities uh, that are similar. We all hurt. We all cry. We all feel great. We're all excited. Um, and and I want to. I just want to amplify something Joe said about solitude and, and taking time to meditate. Um, yes, I do meditate. I, I take 20 minutes every day, and that's it's important. Uh, I get up first thing in the morning. I start my day with a five mile walk and it's dark here and it's cold. I'm in Flagstaff right now and you all think I'm in Arizona so it never gets cold. 
Monday we're going to have 12 inches of snow. So how's that? Huh? Does that sound very Arizona-like to some of you? Um, so out I go and I do that and then I come back and rest up and, and have a propel or something. And then I take my 20 minutes to meditate. Now, I've heard from many, many people, including many, many teachers, I don't have time to meditate. Then you don't have time to take care of yourself. I don't have time to eat healthy. I don't have time to walk. I don't have time for this. And what you're saying is my health comes last and everything else comes first. And I got news for you. The number one priority is health because once you lose your health, you only cost society big money. We pay to try to get you healthy again because you didn't take care of yourself. And those of us that are working hard to stay healthy are working, paying our taxes and doing what we can to keep you alive and well. So it, it, it's huge. And her advice here of solitude and taking, even if it's three to five minutes, jump in the closet someplace, just get away from everything and gather yourself up. You count, you're hugely important. So good advice on that one, Joe. Uh, another thing that I think you're very good at, and every once in a while, out of the blue, my phone rings, and guess who it is? Dr. Joe calling. How are you doing out there, Dr. Tangrazy? Oh, I'm doing just great. And, and do you know how nice that makes me feel? And so I know one of the things that you often talk about is doing things for others, putting things in a bucket. You You have a lot to say about that. Talk to us a bit. Well, um, maybe many of you remember in 1995, I coined the term secure your own mask first and I trademarked it from, and how prophetic is that now that we have a different face cover. But part of the secure your own mask first is to make sure that you are filling other people's buckets. The, the late Don Clifton, who founded Selection Research Institute, you now know it as Gallup, was big on that. And it was just take a post-it note and write something positive and stick or, uh, by their locker. Um, when I was teaching, we used to call them fuzzy grams. And I don't know if people remember that, but out of that came the lookers with the feet on it that you could put on your computer when we first got computers. So. Every day, two thank you notes. It takes me about a minute and a half, so you know I'm not um, dissertation, but just to try to fill someone else's bucket. And the COVID stuff, and angry was on. And so yesterday, I called the mayor's office, our superintendent of schools, our chief of police, and our fire department chief, and the sheriff. And uh, it uh, said to him, thanks, I don't need anything. You're amazing. Thanks for your service. I wish you a healthy and safe day. Joe, it, just, it so, me just, excuse me, Joe, just so you know, because it probably startled you, but we turned off your camera because sometimes that will help your voice because you're breaking up quite a bit. So proceed, okay. uh, proceed. And I apologize for interrupting you, but I just wanted you to know. Go ahead. Yeah. So 
out. Um, I just finished a bunch of dental work and felt compelled to write uh, a poem to my to my dentist and her staff. I saw her today and she said, you have no idea. We posted that lounge and people have put post-it notes on that about how it uplifted them. So I, I think it's the little things, a phone call, a post-it note. Um, I have uh, two people, Dr. D. Curtis in Hawaii, and you know her, Dr. Bob, and uh, my auntie in Macau. I call them both every day. Sometimes it's a five. Um, so let, let's let's back up because I, it was hard to hear anything you said. Um, so we were talking about the role of listening, and you talk about that instead of preaching or telling. And often hear you pose the question, "Why am I talking?" Now, what do you got to say about that? I think um, oftentimes those of us that are quite verbal, um, if you ask us for a glass of wine, we have a tendency to tell you how to grow grapes. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure that's always what people need. So sometimes if you'll just take time and leave, I call it airspace, they may start to say something. And, and then, you know, you can nod your head and give them a thumbs up or a smile or, you know, fun eyes behind the mask. And it encourages people to go ahead and say what's, what's on their mind. And hopefully, it's cleansing for them. It, we don't always have to be talking to to be the best provider of information. Yeah, that that's for sure. I mean, talk about being a fixer. Um, somebody comes to you and you just want to talk to them. Do you, do you ever get into that idea of somebody being a fixer? Yes. Yes. T tell me. Um, well, uh, what I try to do, um, you know, sometimes they ask you a real pointed question. And in order to try to figure out what's the root, I say, share with me. And then I pose whatever is the inquiry that I've, that I've got going. So I really try, to, instead of asking direct questions, well, what, what made you think about that? That sometimes will set people back and they'll clam up. So I use the share with me what you're thinking share with me how you're feeling about you know what just happened in the teachers meeting or so uh i think share with me if i'm in person with them i also always bring my hands towards my body so it, it it's a motion that in, invites them to participate absolutely absolutely you need to be open you know we're we're such a polarized society i i, I it's it was obvious on election day and yes. and we're so strongly polarized and we're filled with a lot of talkers but not a list a lot of not a lot of people who like to empathize and listen and you know one of the things we have to be really careful about as teachers and, and I'm as guilty as any party, is that um, we are constantly in our business telling others what to do. That's our job. And we help others and we, we, we tell them how they need to behave and that wasn't acceptable, et cetera. But you know, we, we need to walk away from our teaching behavior and go into our 
adult behavior and our human behavior and our caring behavior and our SEL behavior uh, from time. It's, a, it, it's not all about, and while we're on that, I'll just say this about virtual education because many of you are doing it. One of the faults I find with virtual education today is you're trying to tell kids way too much and trying to get them way too much and then feeling down when they aren't doing well, when you should be spending a whole lot of that lesson on SEL. I would say if you're spending half your lesson talking to them, to them on a socio-emotional level, whether it's asking their name, whether it's asking what they did yesterday or giving them time to share, um, you know, right now they need a human element like never before. And so I, I, I hope you understand that, you know, please get off that accountability train because we'll never have accountability for social emotional learning, unfortunately, but we certainly need to take the time for it. I agree. Yeah, so, um, you know, how each of us cope, Joe, is a combination of our environment, our attitudes and gratitude. And when things are going well, those things take a back seat. However, uh, what are some ways you would tell teachers that they can you know, show a little gratitude each day and a positive attitude and how they can help us through difficult times. Well, again, back to that, that bucket filling, um, it, it, it doesn't take very much. Like I said, it, it, you know, I go to the dollar general and buy the dollar cards, um, that they're 10 in a pack and it just says many thanks. The one I'm looking at today outside, it's on the cover. It says many thanks on the inside, it said for being so nice. And uh, so I just think little things like that. Uh, and it, it, you don't even have to be real specific. You're amazing. Thanks for who you are and all you do. Please stay healthy and happy. Boom. And then sign it, put it on their um, desk or something. I always, and then the other thing that I do, I look around because I always, I remember Red always saying, Peanut, if you'll just, in an hour's time, you can find somebody's moccasins that you don't want to walk in. And uh, so that's my attitude of gratitude. I, I feel empathy about that. And I think about, okay, what can I do for the homeless and, and that kind of stuff? So it's not like I just pass over it and go, well, yay for me, I, I have a home and whatever. Uh, but it does kind of snap me back into that. Okay, now let's let's think about um, really. So I I do the count my blessings. I think about I don't need to to see somebody else's awfulness, but when I do, it snaps me back. And then I also think about the holiday season, Bob. And uh, I think that that's going to be an interesting time. And we are really going to have to work on propping ourselves up to stay thankful and grateful through the holiday season. We may not be able to have large family gatherings. Doesn't mean that we, and I don't want to sound Pollyannish, but it doesn't mean that we don't have things to be thankful for. Well said. Um, let me amplify that for a minute. I just read an article today in the Washington Post about Australia. Australia and New Zealand have virtually eradicated COVID. 
The way they eradicated it was by following what the scientists said. They closed their borders, they shut things down, they sacrificed. Uh, the country at times got in an uproar, just like we did here, but they, they were unrelenting until the scientists said it was okay. They are now able to do whatever they want. And Americans are big babies sometimes. We get our freedoms taken away. Oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. And we worry more about what we can't do instead of what we can do. And we have so much to be grateful for in this country. Um, and, and yet we worry because, well, maybe this one Thanksgiving, we won't be able to meet like we've always done. The world has come to an end. Come on, give me a break. Okay, I, I, I love my family as much as anybody else, but let's have some perspective and let's, let's have an idea of what's going. And here are two countries that just decided, by golly, we're going to follow what the scientists say. And, you know, I asked Joe right off the top to give me a word or two. She she told you all you need to know to eradicate COVID. It, there, there's, you know, there's no secret to it. We just have to, you know, settle down and settle in a little bit. So, yeah, I think that's terribly important. And, you know, I, I want to say, too, it's not enough sometimes just to say, okay, yeah, I think I'll fill my bucket or, yeah, okay, I think I'll meditate. Uh, that doesn't work. We know the only way behavior changes is when it's involved with goal setting. Right. When you take time to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to deliver five positive things this morning at school. I don't care what they are, whether they're to adults or kids. Now, I know that sound you'd say, well, well, I do that all the time. Well, I got news for you. You've often heard me say, a study that was done, uh, we did with our teachers here years ago, years ago. And it found that teachers smile about two times in a 30 minute lesson, a real smile where you look in someone's eyes and you give them that big old smile and you say, hey, how are you doing today? And you make them feel good and they give you one back. And when you tell teachers that they say, oh no, I smile all the time. Well, just videotape yourself. And you, you can set goals for yourself for smiling, for saying positive things, for a few minutes of meditation change your life. If it's not working now, why do you keep doing the same thing over and over? Pretty dumb thinking you're going to do the same thing over and over and getting a different result, as Einstein said. So, you know, just a, just a thought uh, on that. Joe, anything you want to add on that? Well, I think one of the things that I try to do is at least once a week, it usually works well for me to do it on Sunday morning before I go to my stage. I, I keep a running list and I just try to recall the things that really made me happy, made me grin, made me giggle. And sometimes it's ditzy things. Like uh, I have inherited my mom's cat. Many um, of you know my mom passed uh, away a year ago. And she had a cat, and I'm not a cat person, but I'm also not heartless. So, and cats are way different than cows and dogs, trust me. <laughs> yes, um, they are. <laughs> and so I let the dogs out, and the cat zipped out. It's an indoor cat. 
And the next thing I know, it is on the roof of the tool shed. And I just <laughs> took a picture and said to my sister and my two nieces, again, I find myself negotiating with a cat. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and I'm just sitting there giggling. I know that I'll get her off and she'll be fine and the coyotes won't eat her. But uh, as I sat there last night and looked at that picture on my phone, it just cracked me up. Uh, so I, I just try to, to think about the things that brought me a, a bit of happiness, a, a little giggle fest. It's benign in my own way. And that reminds me yeah i've i've got more blessings than there are electoral college folks trust me yeah that's 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 a wonderful thing to every once in a while look at the balance uh look at you know what you have versus what you don't have it's 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 such a much uh, more positive way while we're on the business of just trying to relate some of this uh to your teaching those of you that are teaching uh, synchronously out there uh, and you've got your kids at home on virtual PE and you're teaching some kids face-to-face, -face, you really can't illuminate two classes at once. The, the, the same interaction isn't going to work. And one of the things that I've just found with myself is I have to say, okay, you folks at home, I'm going to have a discussion with the kids here in front of me right now. We're going to talk a little bit. You listen in, and if you want to add something, you're more than welcome. And I spend my time looking at them so that it's meaningful, it's real, I'm not distracted doing something uh, somewhere else uh, and trying to work both groups because there's no way you can co-process. That does not work. At the next break, I take another break five minutes later because I rarely teach longer than five minutes in a row here with both classes uh, going. Then at the next break, I, I say, okay, this is for you folks at home. Now I'm talking to you. We're going to go back and forth. And if you people here in front of me want to contribute, that would be great. We'd love to have you. But remember, it, it, it's like talking to two people. And if you look at one person and talk to that person and never look at the other person, how are they going to feel? And that's yes. exactly what you're doing here with your classes in synchronous learning. So you know, you're going to have to devote personal and and focused time to each part of your class. It's just huge. Um, I got another question for you, Joe, unless you have something else to add on that. No, I, I think that, well, we have to remember that the brain doesn't even multitask. Um, you know, you start something in the kitchen and go to the back bedroom. Next thing you know, the whatever was in the kitchen is burning because it so that I, I agree with that. I think what I'd like people to do is to, to make a post-it note somewhere about the reinforcement that every, you know, two or three times in that lesson to just reinforce, you know, uh, we are where we are. I don't say it is what it is. I say we are where we are. I, I say things like behind this amazing mask is the biggest smiley face that you will ever see kind of thing. And it's meant for you. And then I do the same thing in the live classroom so that to try to keep that connection about uh, don't zone out on me is what I'm really saying. You know, you, you're important. Um, but I, I want teachers to understand to do the best they can with what they've got because they're amazing. 
and and to try to overthink it to the point that they're going to make themselves sick is my concern just from stress sure absolutely absolutely i'll speak to that in my closing thoughts but you but you're absolutely right um I I have a question here, um, and I'll take a look at it first. And if you want to add something in, Joe, feel free to go to it. Um, the question is, what advice? That's a great question, by the way. I love it. What advice do you have for getting your head out of the day to day and stepping back to get a larger perspective? What a great question, because isn't that the challenge for all of us? We get mired in our routines and getting up and getting the kids ready, doing this and getting the dishes done, heading out the door and get my lesson ready, getting the equipment to set up, going in and teaching first class, then have to go to the bathroom, run back in, get the equipment ready. Hey, no wonder you get a little bit tired. I get it. I, I think uh, hopefully, I don't think you can step back until you take a few minutes to meditate, sit back. So what I do is take the first five minutes of meditation and I try to gradually pull back from all that stuff that's been going on and saying, hey, I'm still standing. I'm here. It was a tough day. I got down because something didn't go well and, you know, I got my feelings hurt and that blasted me and it was a tough day, but you know what? It's not all bad and there's so many good things. And I try to think of a few good things. And then I try to become centered and pull into myself. And I do some deep breathing and meditation. And and I find I have to go for at least 10 minutes or I really don't get that point where I start to tingle and my feet get heavy. And I just feel like, ah, and then I stand up and you know, I quietly get back for it. And you have to find a time when that works for you. Um, it works differently for other people. Do you, you want to take a throw at that, Joe? Well, I agree. Um, like I said, I start my day and then I try to end my day similar to that. Um, I, I, I usually do it probably when I get to the, to the bedtime for me, um, I don't apologize for it. I try to be uh, faith filled. So once I recount the, the things that went wrong, cause stuff like I said, wrong, I start my day I and then I try to end my day similar I, to that. So, um, well, you know, I left the water running in the bullpen. So he's got soggy feet. So I own my screw ups and what didn't go right. And then I think about the fun things. I did get the cat off the roof and, and a number of other things. And then for me, I always, um, I have an affirmation book that I read that saying, I may say the Lord's prayer. My mom and I said that every night. And I just really, and I actually take my hands and start in a big wide V above my head. Dr. Bob, and I just bring it down close to my chest. Um, to, to, and, and I just say, okay, Joe, it's time to get centered. Deep, deep. And so those are the things that have worked for me. And uh, uh, it, it's, I've, I've decreased my, my rapid, my flicker and my ticker <laughs> yeah. by, by breathing, taking charge, counting my blessings, and talking myself through it. Yeah, and, and, you know, let me say that if you're trying to get centered and you're trying to meditate and learn how to do it, you can't get fit overnight. 
you don't go out and do one run and then all of a sudden you say, I'm fit. Uh, although lots of adults do that. They go out and work out a couple of days and say, okay, I'm fit, I'm done. Um, but it, it's the same with meditation. It takes practice. It takes lots of practice. And the longer you do it, the better you get at it. And, and you know, you heard what works for Dr. Joe. That would never work for me because when it comes nighttime, if I start meditating, I'm out. I, I'm, I fall asleep right on the spot. It, we're just different people. I can't wait till the end of the day to meditate or... And I like to begin my day with it. And I have the luxury of being able to do that. Joe's probably out feeding the cattle. But, um, you know, I do it when I get back from my walk. But whatever works for you, I don't care what it is. Whatever works for you, you find what's good. But take some time for you because you count. Um, I, yeah, of course you can. Excuse me for interrupting. No, it's all right. I can't. I can't see you, so I. You just speak up. I would also like to add that it's okay to say no. No. Yes. And eighty percent of the stuff is being done by twenty percent of the people. So there have been times for me, even though I win the Volunteer of the Year award, <laughs> I say. Thanks for thinking of me. That's just not going to work for me right now. So I've been polite. You know, I'm honored and humbled that you thought it was in my wheelhouse to do that. But I have to respectfully decline. And I say, that's just not going to work for me right now. If you're a perceptive asker, you know that you've been given the open door. You know, and you may say, so should I call you back in a couple months? Uh, you know, and I, I go, two months would be great. I'll put it on my calendar, you know. Um, January 5th, I'll expect a, a call from you. Boy, I, I, that's, uh, I, I'm glad you brought that up, and that's a mouthful. And uh, I, I, don't, I have nothing to add to that, Joe, because I think that's uh, great advice. In fact, I find that sometimes the best thing you can say is no because if you take on too much, you water down everything you're doing and it's not nearly as good. Uh, you have to know who you are and what you're capable of doing and work within those limitations uh, or strengths, either one, however you look at it. Joe, I think you had a poem you wanted to share with us. Yeah, one of the things that, um, uh, love things that kind of stimulate my thinking and many of you, if you've heard me speak, know the story of Red's son being struck by lightning and to make a short story long, he survived that. He was one of 11 young men struck by lightning while playing high school or collegiate football in this country. He survived it. And um, Red would say the poem, Don't Quit. And he had it on, you know, on his desk and stuff. And, and I, I find that it has um, lifted me up and it's a reminder and it goes like this and you can pull it off the internet it's it's called don't quit when things go wrong as they sometimes will when the road you're trudging seems all uphill when the funds are low and the debts are high you want to laugh but you have to cry when life is pressing you down a bit please rest if you must but please don't quit Life is weird with its twists and turns, as many of us sometimes learn. And many a failure turns about when you might have won had you stuck it out. So don't give up. 
though the pace seems slow, you may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of clouds of doubt, and you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's, it's when things seem worse that you must, that not, you must quit. not quit. We will get through this. Um, we'll be different. Some of us will be stronger. Some of us will have cried more. But those of you listening today will have made an amazing difference in a whole bunch of people's lives. And I'm hoping that you can look in that mirror and take your right hand, put it over your left shoulder, give yourself a pat on the back and go, I made a difference today. Nice, Joe. I appreciate it. I got a few closing words here. The my listeners know I always have a few words, always have something to say, so I get the last word, but I, I, I can't surpass what you did today, and I appreciate so much, uh, and I'll tell you at the end of this, but uh, I titled this Be Strong, Be Safe, and Be Good to Yourself. We've just passed Halloween, and there seems to be more tricks and treats this time of the year. All of us are aware that it is 2020, and COVID has been one of the biggest tricks of all. Most teachers are now back in school teaching face-to-face -face and probably virtually as well. Not only are you trying to protect yourself from COVID, but you're often trying to keep two groups of students engaged, those in front of you and those at home. I've taken some time to check on the morale of teachers and many of them are morose and filled with anxiety. I'm not surprised, but I am concerned for many reasons. First, we've been teaching for several weeks now with the hope that COVID would ease off some school, some, and school would be somewhat normal. Unfortunately, COVID is making a strong comeback across the country and teachers are in a high-risk group. They're teaching students who are not overly concerned about catching COVID, and if they do catch it, they're usually asymptomatic or show less severe symptoms. This can cause many of you to show signs of panic, uh, pandemic depression. This is a tough time of the year because of pandemic depression, because you combine it with yearly seasonal depression of short days and long nights, and it impacts many individuals and becomes a time of not feeling okay. A survey by CDC and another published in JAMA Open Network showed, a showed that depressive symptoms reported were three times higher during the pandemic than before. This leads to the need to be good to yourself. Keep an eye on how you are feeling and ask others to do the same. Depression is a sneaky thing and it is often difficult to see it coming. Have a plan for yourself and realize there's nothing wrong with feeling down. It's okay not to feel okay. Here are a couple things that might help you. One, have a confident who you check on you and suggest that you don't seem quite the same. Talk it out with them. If necessary, consult your school counselors and the health team that the school has set up for you, or find support outside the school if you don't feel comfortable doing that. Another suggestion is to find a counselor when you're feeling good. Sometimes we wait until we're not feeling well, and then we try to look for somebody and, and it becomes an emergency thing. But look when you're feeling good, someone you might want to talk to in the future uh, in case difficult situations arise. Number two, take care of yourself. Write out how you behave when things aren't going well, for example. 
Am I eating well? Am I exercising? Do I feel tired all the time? Am I taking care of myself and maintaining proper sleep habits? No one knows you better than you know yourself. And the hardest step to accomplish will be seeking and finding help when you need it. I'll say it one more time. The hardest step to accomplish will be seeking and finding help when you need it. And finally, I find teachers who are just so frustrated. They, they've got all wrapped up in this and they can't step back. Well, you know what I would say to you? Start teaching like you want to teach. If you don't think you've demanded enough, demand more. If you think you haven't planned well enough, plan more. If you've not had enough variety in your lessons, then get with it. I see a lot of frustrated and tired teachers. A year ago, all of you were teaching in front of students in an environment in which you felt comfortable. Now with COVID, we've stumbled through many different levels of expectations for our students. All the way from no expect expectations where all they had to do was show up and check in to having different expectations for virtual and face-to-face -face classes going on at the same time. It's tough. But it's November and many teachers are now expressing how tired they are of students not taking class seriously. Well, part of that's the school's fault and our fault. And when this has occurred, it's, we have to take our share of the blame. And it's also the fault of students. We haven't taught them the behaviors we want them to show. It is time to increase your expectations for students and make it clear what you expect a little at a time. It appears the virus is going to continue for some time. I don't expect it to end shortly. It's up to teachers to bring education back online as it should be until that happens and teachers feel their students are working up to what they expect. Teaching is going to be difficult and it's gonna be very unrewarding to you because you're always gonna be thinking about what you were accomplishing prior to COVID. Bottom line to all this, be vigilant, be vigilant, be vigilant. Try to minimize worry and concern about COVID. It's going to be with us whether we worry or not. And it's going to be with an excessive worry is not a vaccine. In fact, it's going to reduce your resistance. So get your flu shot. Keep as much distance as possible from your students. Wear your mask and maintain a clean environment. I won't see you until after Thanksgiving but I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. And if you have to celebrate it alone because you're protecting yourself from COVID, so be it, do it because you count. Be strong, be safe, and be good to yourself. I love you teachers for what you do. Um, I appreciate you to no end, Dr. Joe. I appreciate you to no end. Um, may all of you get through safely, stay healthy, stay strong. Talk to you later. Thank you all. Bye-bye.